We got company. Hang on. Welcome back to the podcast, folks. We've got a good one this week. We had an incredible episode from from my perspective an incredible episode a chapter of the book of boba fett and um excited to get into it excited to hear your perspective on things dan but we'll run through this real quick i am drew co-host running in the the host chair this week with uh, my best friend co-host dan Hey Drew, hello both listeners, Uh, thrilled to be here, Uh, and yes, like you said Drew, a really good episode this week, Um, and we're halfway there, I mean I believe it is seven episodes for uh, this series, this mini-series here, and um, I'm very excited for the back half for what everything that episode four has set up for us. So really we were halfway there after the flashback was over three and a half episodes. Oh, wow. Math. Math. (laughs) Math is tough there. Math. Uh, So the, the gathering storm, which I thought was an appropriate name for the episode based on Boba kind of gathering himself, gathering Fennec, his his right hand gal, and you know, without without getting too far ahead, gathering quite a bit of other things and or leading into um what's gonna come, like you said, in the back half with maybe the a little bit of the quiet before the storm. I'm gathering on the other side as well because I mean I know we didn't see necessarily the the enemy gathering, but there was a lot of reference, um, especially at that tribal council um, of the Pikes and their um, dominance or assumed to be dominance in Tatooine, and so yeah, a lot of people coming together. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of. A lot of good ways to use that phrase throughout the episode, a good title for this episode. But this one, this one felt just right. It didn't feel too long. It didn't feel too short. Um, you have yeah, to we... think Maloney was sitting there after looking at all the comments and the mean tweets about episode three, just thinking, ha, j- you just wait, everybody. Because, I, I, I mean, I can't think of a complaint that came out of episode three that was not immediately addressed in episode four. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, this episode it checks all the boxes for me. I mean, I could get super critical and split hairs on some couple things here and there, but none of them are worth me giving this episode anything, but um, high praises. So without further ado, we we start off this episode in the Bacta. Mm-hmm. Mm. The last time we we find out later that he, I mean, unless there's some other reason, some injury that happens later, mm-hmm. um, he has fully charged Boba after this after this flashback and back to tank bath. So, uh, but we we flash back. To Boba on a on a bantha, ride it like a bantha, ride it like a bantha. <laughs> and um, I will say that the bantha and a lot of the different creatures in this series they've used sort of the physical props for, and some people could do without it. I personally like it. I think it's it makes me feel like it's in star wars because that's just what they looked like at least in the original trilogy um and i think when we saw what happened when you try to do too much with cgi in some of the prequel trilogy i am a huge fan of the prequels um but i think there's Mm -hmm. a time and a place for it and i like the mix of 
CGI when you can pull it off and the physical props to give some of that nostalgia and quirkiness that stop act or what is it? Stop action stop animation. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, yeah I thought, I thought I will, that was good for sure. And of course, after I sing the praises of this episode, I'm going to open up with my one bad thing. It has, it is a lot of the same setting. I mean, we're seeing the same bar and everything. I think every single episode at this point, we're seeing the sanctuary. We're seeing uh, the walk up into the sanctuary. I mean, it's all kind of the same, which I didn't, I don't expect us to leave Tatooine for the entirety of the series. I don't really expect any of that to change, but it has felt like a very, very small corner of the universe thus far. Um, but I'm just glad that one of the stories and it opens it up with it as far as and I forgot about this being a, a, a plot point but Fennec Shand yep. takes the blaster bolt to the chest in the Mandalorian okay. and I remember when they showed the her you know hydraulics in that episode when she gets back to life there was the theory that is Fennec Shand an android and right. I just completely forgot about that theory. Oh, yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah, I totally forgot that was a thing. And now we have, I mean, I, I think it's great clarity that, you know, Boba obviously having already been left for dead in the past, he finds someone left for dead in the sand and nurses them back to health. But what a cool uh, callback to that Mandalorian episode where they were shooting up those flares, which yep. if you remember, and I'm sure you do, all of our dedicated listeners, those were the flare guns that Mando was shooting because Fennec had the thermal scope. Yes, on her gun. And I just I, I, that might have been one of my favorite parts of the episode for some people and some of the other nostalgia later on. I I personally like that to see the same scene from another perspective. I think is just cool. You're trying to figure out what's going on in the background. We later find out in that episode of Mandalorian that, you know, that we hear the the spurs of the boots coming at mm -hmm. the sort of end credit scene there. And so you're like, oh, my gosh. At the time, you're like, is that Boba Fett? Is it Boba Fett? Um, yeah. And then cut to black, right? So it's cool to see now that we know it was him where he was, what was going on, why he was nearby, and oh, you know, yeah. just so happened to be in the neighborhood, and uh, here we go. I was just hanging out with my pet, Bantha, and <laughs> saw that uh, some some poor traveler was in need of assistance. So, oh, yeah. And, and it so immediately covers why he was so nice to the mods, and why he gave them jobs. I mean, it at that, of course, that scene in whatever it was, episode two or three, everyone's like, well, why is he just partnering with these teenage, you know, 80s cyberpunk kids? But now make, he, he used them to heal his now partner. It's interesting to me to see, so he knows of this place, clearly. I mean, it's the first place he goes. So mm -hmm. I don't know, Is are those just like urgent cares on Tatooine? Like, it's just very well known that there's one on the corner? Or is this some like underground thing that only the cool people know about and he just so happens to have stumbled into the right place? Um, I certainly don't think it's any kind of medical facility because I, it took, you know, a bribe to get the guy or at least a payment, maybe not a bribe, to have him actually do any work on Fennec. Because it was very nonchalant. He walks in and he's, well, she's dying. Help. Not about it. It's the second time in Book of Boba Fett that the term appointment has been referenced. So the mayor, the mayor's front office BMV situation of do you have an appointment? And now yeah. here, <laughs> basically the, the mod slash tattoo parlor is saying, hey man, I don't take walk-ins. You gotta, you gotta book. You know, I book up so far in advance, and like, no, I need you to stop cybernetically enhancing people so that you can save somebody's life. And here's a stack of credits. Oh, all right. So yeah, that, so so the surgeon there, the mod surgeon, is Thundercat, who is a musician, and from what I gather, is actually. Um, 
well connected with Ludwig, the guy who, and I've, I'm terrible. I didn't, I didn't remember his name off the top of my head. Ludwig, Lud, Ludwig Gorenson, the guy who made the Mandalorian theme and the Boba Fett right? theme. Yeah. Um, so they know of each other. I don't know how connected they are, but enough to where this guy as a musician is involved. And I think it's his music. Cause it's like, it's, it's a, again, people are like, Oh my gosh, this isn't star Wars. Like clearly they're trying to set apart this little cult or, you know, ragtag gang, whatever you want to call them with their own style and their own way of doing things and their own music. I personally think it's interesting. I, I think I thought it was interesting that none of the same characters showed up when he went and took Fennec as the ones that are there for the, for the low speed rascal chase from episode three. I feel like that would have been way too small world if we had those same kids in there at the same time. So I'm definitely glad they didn't, they didn't have them in there. And yeah, to, to your point, I mean, I don't know, but to your point of the, you know, hey, we're watching a, a TV series about mystical space wizards with light beam swords that, you know, move things with their mind. Okay, we're allowed to listen to cyberpunk music. Everyone relax. Right. I'm sure right. the, I'm sure people hated that theme song at first when it came out. Well, that's not Star Wars. That's upbeat. That's not. Dun, 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 dun. So I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm sure with every new era, there's going to be people complaining about it. Yeah, you're you're telling me that Cantina band sounded like 70s music. Yeah, exactly. At the time that it came out, I think not. Exactly. <laughs> but um, a couple things I noted, I found out later that the one of the one of the guys that was in that parlor was actually Ming Na Wen's son. Was um, one of the mods, which I thought, again, just a cool little cameo. Yeah, um, but cool that he, I mean, kind of weird being in the scene where your mom's character is like dying and having surgery done on, but also cool, cool of any, any way, shape, or form to be included in Star Wars, even if it's a small part, right? So, um, the surgeon has a super battle droid hand before he disconnects it. And puts on his torch slash pincher slash buzzsaw hand. I don't know if you caught that or not. I did catch the the super battle droid hand, which is pretty slick. I like hey, any any reference to the prequels, sign me up. Yeah, we're in. Yeah. So I did notice that. And then, yeah, this guy just gets to work all kind of nonchalantly just doing his thing. And um at the end, so he, he gets her all patched up. He's got the sort of red red tube of liquid and the blue tube of liquid. Um, and then, like, the pistons and lights and wires and everything. She's, you know, part machine now. But her life has been saved. And Boba's like, are you going you gonna to patch her up? And he's like, and, and not be able to show off all this machinery? I'm, uh, in my head, I'm like, okay, yeah, it looks cool. Bro, we're on a sand planet. That sand and machinery Ooh. do not mix. <laughs> I didn't even think about the logistics of it. Uh, I mean, yeah, and I, I it, clearly cybernetics are a big part in Star Wars as we've seen it. With, I mean, heck, Darth Vader is seventy-five percent cybernetic. Luke has a cybernetic hand. Lots of people have cybernetics, and everyone gets it patched up. So. But I mean, that's that's just the their thing, you know. That's just showing off their modifications. So, you know, kind of like we said, it's it's all their thing. But I yeah. love the you know the, the coming scene where it had to be so crazy for Fennec Shan to just wake up and then pretty much right where she got dropped down. off, if I'm not yeah. mistaken, to the point that you made of like where the limited number of physical locations that looks like. I could be wrong, but it looked like the same little cliff area on the outskirts that he had picked her up from. So she just wakes up having not moved very far, but looks down and has that in real world, like 
I've been I've been drugged and lost a kidney moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she looks down oh, and is yeah. like, what the hell's wrong with me? What have you done? And I and I, I do love that. And yeah, I mean, all of Tatooine kind of looks the same as far as just a massive sand pit and Boba, you know, just, hey, I found you and I saved you and the mods, you know, took care of you. And then he, he shares the black melon, which I never noticed this until I was listening to more Star Wars content. But anytime a black melon has been shared in this show, those people end up becoming united, mm. which I think is baffling to me because we see in the first part, the first episode, the Tuscan leader gives the melon to Boba and they become, you know, aligned with them. And then now Fennec Shan is, you know, the, the good old tale of, you know, like sharing the peace pipe kind of deal. <sighs> Sorta, and I mean, to an extent, Boba also offered it to the Pikes as like a mm-hmm. sign of, you know, humility. Exactly. Um, but he don't like them. <laughs> yeah. Well, now because they double crossed him. Yeah. But then I he like, got his own. Oh my gosh. I like the I like the visual of the black melons, and like to open it up, you kind of have to like push in the center, mm-hmm. and then it kind of like smokes or dusts until you can get to the juice or water whatever inside and and boba boba says you know in time you'll crave them like he's been out here living on the land for so long that it's like you know if you haven't eaten in days like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich tastes like a steak right like yeah you'll you'll come to appreciate the black melons for what they are if you're in a pinch. But, um, but anyways, and then he gets into his whole spiel about who he is and what he's wanting to do and um, kind of getting her on board for, Hey, you know, the life debt that is owed. Um, I need your help to kind of reclaim my, my fire spray gunship. Um and kind of gives the context of what's been going on with um you know it's it's well known even to fennec of who bib fortuna is um who boba fett is you know boba fett's dead no i was left for dead on the sands of Tatooine. Mm -hmm. um and then he needs his ship back to start to kind of reclaim who he is he's clearly a different person um but he wants some of his toys back when one well, of them being the finally, yeah exactly and it finally addresses the motive of what the heck are we doing because as everyone has known Boba Fett he is this number one bounty hunter and now we have this ma- what feels like a very large character shift in motivation in the first three episodes you know everyone and I even mentioned on this podcast what are we doing here why are we doing this yeah. And it was the influence of the Tuscans and the comment of, you know, a tribe of one isn't going to cut it. You need allies, which is kind of what woke Boba up to that concept. And then also just the fact of all these people who are paying us are trying to get us killed and making us do stupid stuff. So why don't we just do it? Which right. then, you know, gives more credential and credit to um, Boba just letting Black Crescent go, which, of course, we already talked about that, you know, uh, telegraphing a, a team up, which we'll talk about that. I'm sure that was a great scene with Black oh, Crescent. Yeah. You, you can know, only get so far without a tribe is the is the line. Yeah, exactly. So it, it just it it finally puts perspective onto why are we doing this? Because we thought it was maybe for freeing Tatooine for the Tuscans. We thought it was for just money, but now it, it seems to make more sense. I feel like Boba in his experience with the Tuscans got some fresh perspective of how other people operate in this crazy universe. And it made him kind of rethink some things. He doesn't need to be the lone gunman anymore. Um, and they're also a misunderstood people. And 
I feel like Boba is starting to feel some of that of like, hey, why am I doing this? Like, I, I don't have to be the dog for the the Empire or Jabba. Like, I could go run this and I can be a little bit more level-headed and reasonable because I'm grounded because of my experiences, both as the bounty hunter and as the fallen man who has now risen and lived off the land and had to experience some hardship like i can do this in a way that is going to be beneficial for everybody not in a way that's putting people in harm's way i kind of feel like i think he kind of harkened back to Django and seeing Django suffer his fate um oh yeah and fennec even says it of you know there's only one way off this you don't you don't choose when you're done they choose when you're done right but he, yeah, he sees his, he sees Django suffer his fate and doesn't want other bounty hunters to go through that for no reason or or potentially no reason when the conflicts that they have he feels like right. he could solve. So exactly, exactly. Well, yeah, but then the next setup. So this thievery of the slave one i thought it was it what it was classic star wars i mean it had the little bit of brevity and, and lightness to it with the the scene with the droids which i'm sure will break down um and then you know obviously just stealing the slave one and having the action and my god we finally got it fennec shan in all of her perfect glory in that fight scene that whole that whole thing, I, I loved the heist of the slave one. The infiltration of of Jabba's palace. I thought, even if you go back to just like the the little probe droid that she had was awesome. Like the size of a golf ball. Oh yeah. And the way that it scanned everything kind of flicked around through there, but then the the scenes with the assortment of droids in the kitchen of Jabba's palace, I thought was fantastic. Love the the general grievous Easter egg there, or maybe not an Easter egg, but just the, the I thought he was gonna put the uh, the gaffy stick in the middle and and pull the uh, Obi Wan Kenobi move, but that is uh, Chef Grievous to you, sir. Hmm. <laughs> Chef Golden Grievous. Mm-hmm. A fine... This spatula will be a fine addition to my collection. Of my collection. Ah, oh, Master oh. Chef Kenobi. Oh, you have been shocked. But in, in the... And I don't know what the name of the droid is, but the droid... The other droid, the sous chef droid, <laughs> who... Mm-hmm. That's, that's literally what they named him in the subtitles, by the way. It was sous chef droid. Love him. Um, he is the droid that, like, and from the from New Hope, who's talking to C three PO and R two D two. Um, that's so pretty like, cool. Yeah, so it's the same droid. It's obviously not the same voice actor. It's um, it's a different voice actor, but they made it sound almost identical to it. So it was a really cool callback. And again, some of that stop motion uh, mm-hmm. animation with those and their kind of clunky movements. And then, and then you have the rat catcher droid that comes in the, um, the droid. I, we've seen that droid in um, the clone wars animation. Yes. Yes, we did. In a couple different instances, um, but in this one, he's the rat catcher and eventually gets caught by Boba Fett and is so terrified that he just shuts himself down. Classic. The, the LEP droid, which I think mm-hmm. looks like in this, in this scene looks like Dobby the elf from Harry Potter. Ah, uh, that's a good one. Running around, like knocking stuff over. Yeah. Just reminds me of Dobby. Or a shirt or something. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> Master has presented me with a sock. Is free. Uh, Was he later on in? Because that scene obviously is a flashback because they're stealing the the slave Uh one. But was he later in Boba's palace? I don't know. 
Did he take the throw to another field? Well, I think he would have had to because if he, I mean, it it was Bibb's palace and he took it over. So I think he might just have inherited the droid. Except I feel like we saw that droid earlier in in Book Book of Boba Fett as well. But that's here nor there. I feel like we'll go back and we'll rewatch some of this and we'll catch some of these little things like this. But um, to some, to the point I heard somebody else made, could they have just done the whole, the whole season in chronological order where like the first two episodes were all the flashbacks and, and then we just caught, caught up to present timeline. I think so. I don't know that it's star Wars tradition to tell stories in order. Um, just because uh, I think there's some parallels that I think artistically they put in there for reasons. Um, so you can kind of see in real time, this thing that happened and how it correlates to this other thing that's happening right now. Um, I could go either way with it. Yeah. I mean, I'd have to see what it would kind of look like chronologically, but also kind of like you said, I like the artistic pieces of all of it. And I, I mean, I didn't mind. I do think I agree I think we're done with flashbacks at this point because we kind of have all of the the questions answered as far as how did they meet up, why are they buddies, how did they get the slave one back. How, the only thing that we haven't really gotten clarity on is how did Boba know that uh, Vance had his armor. I think he. I think he at some point is tracking Cobb Vanth. Correct. Or maybe or, or maybe even is tracking Din because of what happened with Fennec and then sees Cobb Vanth and then continues and realizes that, you know, Din has got the armor and tracks him down. But Or um, just replace right time. Right. Hey. Well so one of those things. That's the only real uh, that I can think of flashback that we haven't gotten a ton of clarity on. Um, But moving back into the, the heist scene, I mean, we get into the hangar, we get Boba into the, into the cockpit and we see Fennec Shan just going off on every single guard, sniping, hitting bullet shots around the corner, hand to hand, everything you wanted and more. The master assassin showed up in full force. I mean, she stole the show in this episode. Let's be real. This is this is the Fennec Shand episode that we were waiting for. We got a little bit of badass Boba as well, but we oh got man, some, I think we got, got a lot some, of it. Yeah, we got we got both of them being the action packed, you know, just gunslingers that they are, and <laughs> Fennec, <laughs> while ironically. At one point, we were talking about Boba's driving school in the with the with the Tuscans and the speeder bikes, and Ooh. then he gets back into the uh, fire spray and doesn't appear to remember how to drive. And he's scraping up the sides. He's almost not. He's knocking off the guns, and uh, eventually, you know, Fennec Fennec gets him out of a jam at the last second, but. Not before she blows up a gonk droid to to kind of give them the the clear path to get out yeah. of there. Ah, poor poor guy. Oh, gonky gone too soon. Exactly. R.I.P. Gonky. Yeah, a very cool, very cool scene with her. But then, oh my gosh, the next one was exactly what we got. You know, badass Fennec immediately followed by badass Boba, just flying the attack pattern on the Necto speeder gang, speeder bike gang and just ripping them out. I mean, that that was classic, like playing Star Wars Rogue Squadron and you'd fly by and you'd see the little like two-bit Stormtrooper characters and you'd just like and it would make all the little fiery explosions and stuff. That was, oh man, I was getting so many N64 vibes from from that scene and I just love I mean the slave one's such a cool iconic ship that was so cool to see it in action yeah but then it, the question uh, to you Drew did he yes. did he get the right people I think so yeah well I mean 
he got the Nick Toast, he got the Nick Toast feeders, right? I think they were involved. Now, I think what the Pikes did back in episode two was it episode two or episode three? I'm not, yeah, they're blending together Either now. Way. Either way, so when when Boba goes back and realizes that his whole Tuscan it was episode three when he realizes that his whole clan has been wiped out. Right before that, he's talking to the Pikes, and the Pikes are saying, hey, you know, I don't care which of you we pay, but we're only going to pay one of you. And by telling both parties this, it almost ensures that they're only going to have to pay one because they're going to eliminate – one of them's going to eliminate the other. I don't think but, they really – I don't think they cared who. Well, but Fennec makes the comment, though, of saying, you know, Tuscan Raiders wouldn't get wiped out by the bag- biker gang. Not and without that, some advanced knowledge and some help, I don't think so, right? But the one comment just makes me think that I think there might be that. Well, I, I think there are bigger things at play, or maybe even maybe even they didn't do it. Maybe they were framed and just to get Boba off the trail. Yeah, uh, you know, I I I'm gonna put my flag on the theory now that. The Tuscans were wiped out by the Pikes and not by the Speeder Bike good, Gang. That's a good theory. I don't hate that. I could see it. I could that that I could see that work flushing out with some storytelling. Just because just because of the comment. Now, a lot of the other theories we've been drawing up have not been hitting, and it's just exactly as what we were shown. But you know what? I don't care. I believe Fennec Shan. I am a Fennec Stan for Fennec Chan, so I don't care. Fennec, I said it early on in this season that Fennec was my second favorite female Star Wars character, or at least getting there. And I think I'm I'm pretty confident that yeah, she like, right. locked that in. Yes. I mean, don't get me wrong. Love me some Padme, some Leia. It's Ahsoka and Fennec. And then a bunch of other people afterwards. But um, man, she's just awesome. Ming-Na Wen is a great actress. And Fennec as a character is awesome. Badass. Say what you want to. Um, right up there with all the other cool characters that we have in some of these other and shows. It's so listening to some of her interviews as well. Because she's such a Star Wars fan. Just at heart. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you can definitely tell that she is much more of a fan than um, Tamara Morrison as well, because he, I think he's just having the time of his life just being in the Star Wars. So I'll, I'll, I'll make it a note now to talk about the thing that you just made me remember um, to bring up at the, at the very end of the episode. Oh, great. So, Love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Boba's a lousy driver. He goes crazy. He gets back to, you know, from his perspective, gets back to the Nicktoes. Whether he knows that they did it or didn't do it, he feels like they need taken out, and he does so in swift fashion. And then he goes back to the Sarlacc pit to mm-hmm. retrieve his armor, or at least hope, hope to find some clues as to where his armor might be. I mean, he got knocked out. He had crawled out of the depths of the Sarlacc. For all he knows, the armor slid back in or they yeah, threw it yeah, back I... in. You know, he has no idea what's going on. So he's going back to the Sarlacc pit to retrieve his armor. And I think he thought what we thought in in the first episode of this, when he lit that thing ablaze and we had charred Sarlacc, that the oh, Sarlacc yeah. was done. Yeah. Not so much. The whole time that which what a weird shot of the the fire spray slave one, slave one I don't care. Um like hovering at such a weird angle. Yeah. You know, I I just it looked like one of those like if you were a little kid and you were trying to peer into the cookie jar and you're just a little <laughs> bit too you're a little too short, and you're looking, what's going on in here now? Oh, 
Man, what, uh, did the, what did the Oreos see before their demise? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. It was just a weird one. Um, <laughs> but then the jump scare of... I thought the same thing. I thought we'd cook Sarlacc. I thought that was going to be on the menu uh, down there at Galaxy's Edge. I can confirm not on the menu. can confirm not on the menu. We we'll will be doing... That. Yes. Um, a breakdown of that. So then, yeah, very cool uh, scene there. And... Um, I forgot my totally lost my train of thought, but anyway, it's very cool scene. Loved it, and then of course the greatest sound being debuted. How how debut. about <laughs> Mingna, uh, Fennec, and Boba's interaction there, where she saves the day with his signature weapon on the mm-hmm. on, on the ship, and basically they were going to get de- devoured if it weren't for her. And his first comment is, don't touch my buttons. (laughs) And the look, I mean, they are just a brother and sister annoyed with each other dynamic going on there. It was just hilarious to see that play out that way. But, um, oh man. What a sick move. What a sick move. And I love the CGI, whatever, animation to make the seismic charge like ripple out the through the thing. sand. Yeah. So cool. And uh, yeah, the Sarlacc is confirmed dead now. Yeah. That one I think we can all agree on. Unless the Sarlacc is also a mod, then the Sarlacc is dead. Okay, moving on. <laughs> so then so then we get, you know, kind of a little bit of Fenix um motivations here, but I I think she's just kind of along for the ride. I think she sees. I think she sees Boba and his and like he he means business, right? Like he's in here, he's willing to go take out the Nikto Speeder Gang. He promises her loyalty, and you know uh, that he'll protect her with his life. And and then he's willing to dive into a Sarlacc pit to retrieve his armor, like. He's not half ass in this. He is in it to win it. He's he's got a he's a man on a mission, and and she sees that and I think appreciates it and can tell that he's being genuine with what it is that he's saying. And she's like, "All right, let's go. I'll 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 tag along for the ride." Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, and then from there, I mean, you flash forward back into the present time and. Fully healed Boba. Assemble the game. Yeah, fully healed Boba. Um, and like we already said, I think he's done. And getting, uh, we finally get the final scene of what we were promised. Yeah. So Robert Rodriguez could have just said, hey, it's for the first half of the season, not maybe the first episode. Maybe he misspoke there, but we finally get the meeting of the, the minds. Maybe he said first half of the episodes. Maybe he, he but man, I jumped out of my chair when I saw the the claw jump out of the ground. That was the coolest, coolest thing because obviously Boba sitting at the head of the table saying, you know, giving his master plan to these three, you know, heads of houses, and they started to challenge him, saying, "Well, what's stopping us from just killing you now?" and then having you know boba's menagerie flex on him oh my gosh so cool oh i don't know besides me being me if that doesn't do it for you how about how about my sarlacc kevin in the basement here he's going by i'm i'm calling him kevin until we have a name for the sarlacc the the sarlacc or i'm sorry not the sarlacc the rancor excuse me the rancor thank you Kevin, uh, no. Kevin the Rancor. Kevin the Rancor. I dig it. I can. I can get behind that. <laughs> Coming to a Funko Pop near you. So Boba and Kevin. <laughs> Boba atop of Kevin, just riding <laughs> on into Jesus. Um, but yeah, I thought it was interesting that you know Boba's first proposal is, "Will you join me in this fight?" And everyone shoots him down and says, "No." Right, he just audibles and says, "Well, okay, at least stay neutral. At least do nothing." I didn't really like that. I mean, I 
I don't know. I guess what the heck's the point of them then? You know, like if they're if that's all that comes of that conversation and we don't see them again, what the heck was even the point of that? Other than other than showing that he's going to have to manufacture this on his own and go, you know, find the help. I mean, we we did skip over the black chrysanthemum scene in the bar. Oh my um, god, how did you do that? Whoopsies. Yeah, so let's let's go back for a minute because Whoopsies. because I, I I mean I think that is the extent of that conversation before we get to the the cool last moment of the of the episode. So oh, yeah. Black Chrysanthemum is chilling in the bar, had a few beverages, enough <laughs> to make a Wookiee, um, you know, possibly make some poor choices. And he's eyeing the Trandoshans, who he notoriously has a rivalry with. Mm -hmm. And they are enjoying themselves, and he does not enjoy that they are enjoying themselves. And so he causes a ruckus. One of them ends up smashing a bottle over his head. And then Black Chrysanthemum turns around being the physically imposing giant Wookiee that he is. And the Trandoshan just kind of blinks. That's and, so then, and then he just rage lifts him up and then Garza Fwip comes in like a dove like a mm. and just charming as all get out kind of Black Widow to Bruce Banner Hulk hey man the sun's getting real low like come on let me let I'll stroke your ego a little bit here and you were you were great as a gladiator You've won everything, every accolade you could, every trophy. Everyone knows your name, but with the, you're not in the arena anymore. Like, it's yeah. okay. You don't have to rip his arms off. And, and that you know was what? such a dude. Well, it, sorry. The, that was such a different take, though, for the universe. Because she does kind of dig into saying, hey, this is a different time now. Right. People aren't into this savagery. And, and then, you know, and it, this being now the Republic has taken over. This is the New Republic era of Star Wars and the Empire was, you know, famous for being able to get those illegal things, you know, away and getting away with things like that. So I thought that comment of what she'd said was the most interesting as just a, a world building piece. Right. Of like this is it's it's twenty twenty two in Star Wars, right? Yeah, like we don't exactly. do that anymore. Yeah. We don't we don't do that anymore. But that Oh, but and will you finish your thought? Yeah, and and you know what, the, your your tabs on the house if you just let him go, and he ponders <sighs> it for a moment, and Do then it. he says, "You know what? Nah, I'm gonna give everybody in live action what they've been waiting for since they heard the phrase that Wookies can rip arms off, and <laughs> rips off the Trandoshan's arm, pays his tab, and walks out." greatest greatest move so good Very... besides besides the tuscan raider stuff well so i guess if you could if you could have taken one of the two and only one of the two out of this black chrysanthemum or the tuscan raiders in the series Luckily, we uh, live in a world where we didn't have to choose between those two, but... Oh, yeah, I'm just not going to choose. I just want both, so there you go. <laughs> Take that. Take uh, that. The Tuscans serve more towards developing Boba as a character, but man, Black Chrysanthemum is so cool. He's so cool. Yeah, I mean, anytime he's on camera, it immediately just draws focus to him. So, I, yeah, I mean, he's obviously going to be in the gang now as we see him in the in the Meeting of the Minds episode, because so Bo walks out and is like, hey, you want a job? This is the, the same deal as he did with the mods and everything like that. And I, I know it's going to keep seeing that. I mean, but I feel like Boba has probably exhausted his gathering of people. And now we're probably going to see Fennec, you know, using her, and we'll talk about that too, but, you know, using her method of getting muffled. Listen, Fennec knows some people, okay? I mean, Boba does too. Boba knows some people from, from back in the day. His ragtag Empire Bounty Guild, right? It's true. Um, but 
right at the end of the scene. Speaking of muscle from Black or Santon, right? We're assembling mm-hmm. or gathering, if you will, some muscle. And the last lines of the episode are, we need some muscle. Well, you can find muscle if you know where to look. And then... Who to pay. Din Djarin, Mandalorian theme, strikes the note. I mean, I'm cautious to think that this is... I don't want to get my hopes up that we're going to see him in the very next episode. We definitely are going to see him at some point as a crossover into Boba. It's Uh, just a matter of when and how. I feel like the tease for next episode, it probably won't be next episode, but it's going to be. There's no way they're not. I mean, that's that's such an iconic, especially now, such an iconic sound. Din Djarin's coming. That's... And we 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 poo pooed on that. We we threw that out early on as a non option. Um, so shame on us, I suppose. But the the question then is going to be: I'm going to guess it'll be fully masked Dinjarn because they probably can't get Pascal to come and do shoots at this point, probably with his calendar. So I guess if anything, it's just a voiceover. What else is Pedro Pascal in right now? Besides Mando, I know he did the Wonder Woman movie. That's obviously yeah. done and over with. Um, I thought they were working on the sequel or like no. a third one. I don't want to spoil anything. I don't think he'll be in the sequel. Oh, yikes! Spoiler <laughs> alert! Spoiler alert for Wonder Woman two. <laughs> well, Wonder Woman three, but uh, well, whatever. Yeah. Spoiler alerts for Wonder Woman. If you if you heard that, rewind it and then forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then um, because he lives happily ever after. Great, perfect. Uh, but well, anyways, uh, I don't know what he's <laughs> actually in real life. Um, I just can't imagine. I don't know. I could be wrong. But yeah, I to your point, I, I think he's been part of the the band of bandits. Part of me almost wonders if they work it out the right way, like the filming of the end of Book of Boba could just kind of be the beginning of Mando season three, no? Like, hey, if Mando season three is eight eight episodes, hey, your contract, we're going to do ten episodes, basically, instead of eight. And you're in the last two of Boba. Well, a lot of people were speculating that, too, with the Book of Boba Fett. Is it going to be kind of a you know, side um, adventure, if you will, as a part of the Mando universe, you know, we'll just pick up right where that left off. And I, I think that's still very much on the table. You know, there's not an official Book of Boba Fett season two yet. Um, I'm sure that's going to be greenlit to have a season two, but I mean, I could pretty much easily see them just having Mandalorian season three roll right into it, especially if they bring, like, a Bo-Katan, if they bring, you know, everybody aboard, because then I still think that the plot would be saving Mandalore, and that would make sense for Boba to have some, that some family tie, some you know? role it, in that. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. It's like, hey, if you're looking for family, like, your dad was a Mandalorian, they'd like to take you home home. Yeah, I mean, I I see based on the characters that they're choosing to put in all of this and have these spinoff series for. Yeah, I think I think we're we're getting Star Wars from the perspective of these Mandalorians slash bounty hunters rather than from the main perspective of Jedi and force sensitive individuals. I know we get a couple sprinkled in throughout with Ahsoka and Luke, but the focus is on so far Din Djarin, Boba Fett, you know, Fennec Shand, all of Bo-Katan, all of these non-force users. And I think it's, I think it's cool. I think it's refreshing. I, I still want them. I still want force users to 
be part of the universe, but it is cool to see from a different perspective that it's not always just them. Um, and in this, but in this window of time, you know, and I'm sure there's breakdown videos of, you know, what Jedi are alive at this point, right. but it's slim pickings. Yeah. Uh, Jedi that are out there. I mean, Luke is out and about trying to find, you know, start his Jedi Academy. Obviously, we have Ahsoka Tano, who's just doing her rogue, whatever she wants, and then later on becoming, um, uh, what's, golly, what's her call sign? Fulcrum. Fulcrum. Uh, but that, no, Fulcrum, though, is that's, that's prior to episode four. So anyway, she was Fulcrum. I digress. And then you have um, Cal Kestis from the video games. I know not super duper. So he, like we said, very slim pickings for for Jedi and, and Force users. Yeah, I think that's the Mandalorian wars, if you will, are going to be the Avengers event of these of these Filoni Mandoverse crossover shows. I've got um, a spicy one for you, Drew. Oh, let me hear it. I'm just thinking about this. So, as far as who we could call, one option, I'm going to throw an option out, but then by throwing it out, it brings a new option into play. Wait, wait, wait. Real quick. Is this, are we on to who's coming? Oh, yeah. All right. So, we're, so just to set the stage, every week, Dan and I have been giving our most likely potentially and stretch cameo predictions. And if I have them correct, mine were Bosk as most likely Cad Bane as potentially and Kira as a stretch. And yours, yours were Django, which now I feel like needs to change because I don't think there's any more flashbacks. Oh yeah. Um, Django, Cad Bane and Han Solo. Are you changing yours now? I will give you the opportunity to change your oh, prediction. Of course not. So I want half points for Django because we got a lot of him anyways. We got a lot of his, his math. So I get half a point. We got, we, uh, yeah. We uh, got his decapitated head. I mean, I'm flipping my most likely to obviously be in Din Jar at this point. He's I mean, hey, if you want to, if you want to give partial points, how much? What percentage of a of a head is to the body? Because you got that, and that was it. <laughs> well, that's good. Great question. I'll get. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll take my twenty five percent run again. Oh goodness! Um, so yeah, Dinjarin feels like a slam dunk for everybody involved here. I mean, if you want to put him as your most likely, I mean, probably, yeah, probably. that's gonna happen. But my. See, I still want to keep Han Solo as my stretch just because I believe rumors and I think that would happen. But the Bad Batch are bounty hunters. However, they're because old. Of, well, exactly, because we see Captain Rex, which has been canonized in Episode 6, uh, Return of the Jedi, because that old man... Battle of Endor. Battle of Endor has been confirmed. That is Rex. Which is pretty sweet. However, we do know one member of the Bad Batch, mm. Agent Normal. Miss Omega, huh? I would love to see, and it'd be tough to do it, but just some blonde chick bounty hunter in like old stormtrooper armor that's geared out with an Aussie accent. With they wouldn't have to say who she is. With her crossbow thing. Exactly. That would be such an Easter egg for people. It would go people would go nuts. And Man. then you could canonize that they don't know who each other who each other are. Uh, but 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 Fennec knows who she is. Because but Fennec I mean, was in the bad batch. I mean, I don't know that she knows. I'd have to go back and rewatch some of Bad Batch. I don't know that she knows 
who exactly she is, right? She just knows that she's with the Bad Batch. Does she know that Omega is one of the clones and is technically Boba's brother? I don't think that she knows that much. No, I do not right. think so. Right. So, I mean, there'd be I, some plot that I figure out, but I think that'd be such a great Easter egg to do. I almost feel like Han Solo is more likely than Omega at this point. Um, I'd agree with that. I could, I could talk myself into it, and I would personally love to see it. I just think with Bad Batch season two coming out here pretty soon in spring of twenty two, we got confirmation of a leak the other day. So that's coming very soon. That's probably the next Star Wars thing that's coming out is Bad Batch. Um, yeah, probably. So we'll have lots of episodes of those to, die, you know, yeah, discuss we'll that. Um, no, you're, I, I totally agree. I just, I would, I think it'd be a fun. I did think I, I went thing. there though. When she said we need muscle, like my first thought was the whole Bad Batch, but then, yeah timeline wise especially since they have accelerated aging like they're gonna be real right. old at Correct. this point yeah. in the timeline wouldn't so wouldn't and i also it. don't see them getting into a situation where tomorrow morrison has to has to play himself five different roles in one show that's why what? i think omega is more likely of an option even if they were all not you know if they were of the right age I still don't think they'd bring them in for that reason. It's complicated. Sure, sure. You could get yeah. another actor that looks kind of like him and slightly different. I mean, because they they aren't exact clones. They are all slightly different. But like Hunter and Boba Fett are so close that you that those would have to be the same. But like Wrecker yeah. could be somebody else because he's oh, huge. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They already have. What is Han Solo up to right now? What's that? What's Han Solo up to five years after Return of the Jedi? I mean, I'm trying to think. At one point, he's like part of the the New Republic. Um, And I think in the Aftermath books, or maybe even the Leia book, Bloodlines, he is kind of like, like renounces his title and goes back to kind of just being a hot shot um because yeah, if you catch up, he could be hired muscle now obviously there's a lot of boba versus han solo so that would be a weird one yeah. but i mean what a what a poetic i've turned a new cheek now i'm working with han solo i don't see that i don't see that one i don't see you him working all, you all my ideas I see I see this potentially working out where Boba gets his way and they're walking into a cantina and, and Han Solo's there and they they like have a standoff and the credits roll. Like that's that's Ooh. how I picture Han Solo rolling into this. Okay. I don't see him teaming up. Well well now that I've taken my opportunity to hit me with yours, who who are your likelies? I still, I mean, if you want to go the cop out, I can swap out Bosk for Mando, but just for the sake of the argument. I think, yeah, I think Bosk is, is a good, good bet, Joe. I, I think, yeah, there you go. I have definitely, instead of most likely, I have definitely Mando, potentially, or uh, most likely than thereafter, Bosk. Man, I'm still. Dave Filoni is in charge or responsible for episode six. That's the penultimate episode. There could be some other conflict. Heck, for that matter, Cad Bane could get hired by the Pikes to help deal with this all-star team that Boba's putting together. You know? I like that. So I'm 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 keeping mine as is. And then I see... I see the the good guys prevailing potentially in episode six or episode seven, and Kira popping up on the on the hologram as like like Darth Vader or Darth Maul did in Solo, 
Ah, that'd be very cool. I would just like, like a just like a tease, not yeah. even like a full cameo, but just like a glimpse of her in that way. Sure. So I'm I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep mine the same for now. We'll see. Okay. Word word. I have a feeling that we're gonna start checking off some serious boxes on the cameo bingo card here. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I I mean this episode really did a great job to set up the second half obviously having a rising you know climactic event on the way uh i'm i'm really excited to see what they do for five six and seven yeah i think they're going to be a very cool clash um i don't think we're going to be going anywhere but i think that um we'll be doing pretty pretty good yeah, I'm, I'm no so, to your point, I'm so excited for these last three episodes. I mean, if it is going to be the end, I think they're going to do it well of this season. Um, I am curious to see if they do. They did it for Loki. They did it, obviously, at the end of Mandalorian. They talked about, you know, Boba Fett will return in the book of Boba Fett. And for Loki, it, you know, Loki will return um, for a season two. So I'm curious to see if they do that. They did it for, oh, they did it for Bad Batch as well. Bad Batch will return for the second season. So um, I don't know how far in advance those decisions get made. If it's like midway through after some of the ratings start coming in, or if it's literally like, hey, are we, is this greenlit? We're about to roll the final episode. Can we play this, this last slide on the PowerPoint or not? I would I would be curious to be a fly on the wall in those decisions. But exactly. I would agree with that. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I expect there to be a second season, but we'll uh, we'll eventually pull that up. And what I think we should do as well, speaking of extra episodes, um we're 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 well into our time of, of our episode breakdown, but I'm thinking that we might be dropping a bonus episode here within the next few days as well uh, to break down Drew Rankin's trip down to Disney so we can hear all the new Star Wars things. Um, so we'll give you, be giving you guys a, a bonus episode here uh, in the next few days as well. Ooh, bonus. Yeah, I mean, there was, uh, we weren't there. We weren't in Galaxy's Edge for long, but we were we enjoyed ourselves for the time that we were there. So yeah, well, I'll give a little bit of a breakdown. We'll, we'll follow up with another episode at some point, maybe this weekend or early next week before, before episode five, chapter five of Boba, uh, we can circle back on my trip down to Batu. Let's go. Yeah. Perfect. uh, Any closing remarks for the folks at home? Real quick, rank episodes one through four. Oh my goodness! I said this yet. I'm. You know what my rank is? One, two, three, four. Because I love watching them in order. Because now it all makes sense. I'm uh, okay, fine. Boo. Uh, four, two, one, three. Come on now. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, there's a lot of people who are arguing. Really, it's basically between. Do you like number two or number four more? Yeah. And uh, I don't make me choose between my children, right? Like they're all fantastic. They all serve their purposes. You can like some of them for different reasons more than others, but I think I think this one gave people the maybe a little bit more of the boba they were looking for, um, or at least helped explain a little bit more his intentions which maybe helped get them there a little bit more but uh, there's still people who are going to complain to complain but that happens that happens between between now and the next episode I'm going to be doing some digging on some uh, Star Wars video games and books so the Star Wars Lego Skywalker Saga just got a release date that that video game has been delayed for like a year and a half 
that it has. And it is set to drop on April 5th. So if you are a video gamer, a lover of Legos, or basically anything Star Wars, that video game will be coming to you in April. Um, and then, yeah, we got, the, we got the leak there on Bad Batch. I cannot believe the Bad Batch. Very great one. Yeah. So, yeah, very fun. More to, more to come on future episodes, but I think that's it for now. So Absolutely. Thanks, everybody, for sticking around with us here through four chapters. We are more than halfway through the Book of Boba Season 1, question mark. Um, we shall see what happens, but until next time, may the Force be with you.